0: From Hollywood and one of the nation's largest private record collections, here is America's popular music with your commentator, Andy Mansfield. Thank you. What do you say we have a little Dixieland tonight? The Dukes of Dixieland. One of the most successful, commercially and otherwise, of the new crop of Dixieland bands. We say new crop as distinguished from the old traditional masters of New Orleans. These are... Comparative youngsters. This is the newer generation of Dixieland. So let's let's uh, hear the Dukes of Dixieland. Now this was the original group as they first recorded in 1951. I think you'll hear uh, uh, the leader, one of the Asunto brothers, Frankie, the trumpet man. Frankie will introduce the other members of this band as they play the old traditional when the saints come marching in.
1: number yes now here comes brother peach fountain down the aisle with his clarinet Don't shine no more Don't Shine no more mm-hmm. <laughs> I will to be in that tumble Yes Now here comes brother Freddie down the aisle with his trambone playing <laughs>
0: The backbone of the Dukes of Dixieland is the, the old Italian family of Assunto from New Orleans. In fact, back there, the, the band is better known as the, the Assunto family and their friends. Freddie, trombone man, Brother Frank on trumpet, and here in these later years, Papa Jack, trumpet, trombone and banjo. Joined the outfit. uh, The story of this group actually began about 1947 when Frankie and Freddie were still in high school. Boys would get together with friends after school. They'd play jazz, for which New Orleans was famous. And uh, of course, they, they called themselves at one time the Basin Street Four, Five, or Six, depending on the number of friends that they could round up after school for a session. And this is the way the boys got started. Their their first uh, professional experience came in 1948 when they were hired to play weekends at a seafood bar on the outskirts of New Orleans. And when they heard that Horace Height was going to bring his talent hunt radio show to town, they determined to try for prize in this outfit, a chance to tour with the Horace Height band. Well, they rehearsed furiously with a seven-piece group, and uh, it included young Pete Fountain, who was later to make his name with the Lawrence Welk Band, and uh, uh, the Junior Dixieland Jazz Band, as they were first billed for the audition, did win first place, and and they did tour with Horace Height for six weeks. And it just made lifetime professional musicians out of the boys, and they returned to New Orleans to join the union, to buy uniforms, and to become the Dukes of Dixieland. First, the best they could obtain was a, was a monthly guest appearance at the meetings of the New Orleans Jazz Club. They were featured at the New Orleans Jazz Festival in the City Auditorium there in New Orleans in 1949. And then in 1950, they obtained a regular stand at the Golden Slipper in Baton Rouge. They stayed 22 weeks. The band at that time consisted of Artie Selig, piano; Little Chink Martin, String Bass, Bill Shea, an outlander from Highland Park, Illinois, on clarinet. How he got in there, I don't know, but he was an alien. And, of course, the two Asunto brothers. Drummer Perkins left to join the Army on December of 1950 and was replaced by Von Gammon. Well, here's the, the original group once more with their rendition of an old Dixieland, original Dixieland jazz band favorite. You'll notice that the boys do play in the style of the old original Dixieland jazz band, that is more ensemble than than solo work. This is leaning toward the traditional, and yet there is more or less of a a modern Dixieland sound to them. Listen to the boys, the Dukes of Dixieland, one of their early recordings made in 1951 of fidgety feet. Well, with these recordings, which were uh, resold to the Vic label, and it marked their first appearance commercially on records. The Dukes of Dixieland. Well, later on, there was another label that came into existence called uh, Audio Fidelity. And if ever a band made a record label, and if ever a record label, in turn, made a band, It was the combination of audio fidelity recordings and the Dukes of Dixieland. Because to date, they have made nine albums. The biggest sellers in this field, I believe, that any uh, any record label has ever had, as far as modern Dixieland jazz is concerned. Well, the boys were on their way. And uh, their first big engagement happened in 1950 at the famous door on Bourbon Street in in New Orleans. They went in there for, I think, a, a, a 13 weeks or three months period. And you know what? They became the house band for four years and a half. And while they were there at the famous door, they took on a girl vocalist whose name was Betty Owens and whom they, they dubbed the Duchess. She later became Mrs. Fred Asunto. So the Duchess was with the Dukes of Dixieland and uh, they were they were they were on their way to commercial success. This first album that they recorded for Audio Fidelity featured one of the grand old New Orleans favorites, which you'll have no no difficulty in identifying as the famous High Society. <laughs> you have the Dukes of Dixieland in high society. I think you get the idea now when I tell you they are one of the the hottest commercial items now selling on long playing in their field. Another great favorite of the old Dixieland jazz band days, they also recorded for this same volume one. They had a tagline, which I, I, when I first saw this, I said, gee, these boys are, they're optimistic of the manufacturer. Is the Dukes of Dixieland. You have to hear it to believe it. I said, I hope these boys can live up to their their advance press press notices, and they surely have. Here they are, the Dukes and Clarinet Marmalade. <laughs> There you have the Dukes of Dixieland and Clarinet Marmalade. Along f- by, by the time their second album came out on this Audio Fidelity label, uh, there was a little change in the personnel of the band. Papa Jack. Papa Jack Asunto took the Duchess's place while she had a little time out to present Papa Jack with his first grandchild. He joined, joined the Dukes playing trombone and banjo. He uh, uh, he had been a school teacher at one time in New Orleans, and uh, this, of course, was 1955. And so he uh, was on temporary leave of absence from the school teaching business to fill in while uh, while the Duchess was away from the band. Well, practically overnight, Papa Jack became a regular and one of the featured members of the band as he is today. He never went back to school teaching. To him, this was too much fun he was, he he has as, mo- as much fun or more than anyone in the band and of course his two sons Frank and Fredacento are are very are very popular of uh, very proud of papa jack as is everyone else in the band and now here is uh, the duchess we should hear the duchess the duchess betty owens with the dukes singing my blue heaven Well, there you have the Duchess, Betty Owens, wife of Freddy Asunto, the trombone man, with the Dukes of Dixieland and My Blue Heaven. Uh, another thing, another tune which I think you're going to like is a, is an old favorite, which the Dukes recorded for this, this second album of theirs. It was called Mama Don't Allow It. I think you'll remember this from the old, old days when another New Orleans gal named Connie Boswell recorded it. But here, the Dukes of Dixieland and Mama Don't Allow It. Thank <laughs> you.
1: Yeah, with Mamadola, he's going to beat his banjo anyhow. Here comes Papa Jack with the banjo. Mama don't want no the clown that's playing in here. Mama don't want the clown playing around here. But Harold don't care what Mama don't lie, he's going to blow that clarinet anyhow. Here comes Harold Cooper with his clarinet. Mama don't want no trombone playing in here Oh, Mama don't lie to trombone playing around here But Freddy don't care what Mama don't lie He's gonna blow his trombone anyhow. high Now here comes my brother Freddy with his trombone flying Vamos lá! I don't care what mama don't lie, he's gonna blow that trombone anyhow. Now here comes Papa Jack with his trombone this time. Johnsonburg.
0: We continue with the Dukes of Dixieland and their very popular style of today, a style which has made them in demand all over the nation. Las Vegas is there almost uh, as great to them as New Orleans has been. Here's a tune which is a little bit away from the general run of things. You'll notice that this almost sounds like it was uh, uh, written down, played from notes. Uh-uh. These are all head arrangements, but they're all worked out ahead of time. And listen to this decidedly contrasty version of the old, old favorite Listen to the Mockingbird. <laughs> That's because it's so easy, you know. Not Blurry, just good, good rhythm. The Dukes of Dixieland. Another close friend who helped the band to much of its success was the veteran drummer and jazz man Paul Barber of New Orleans. Of course, Paul had played with the best of them. He'd played with King Oliver, he played with Louis Armstrong during the 20s and the 30s. He wrote a tune which the Dukes recorded. Want you to hear. The Bourbon Street Parade. Of Dixieland, this one from their third volume of jazz, which was called Marching Along with the Dukes of Dixieland. You have to hear it to believe it. Well, by now the people were beginning to believe it. Everywhere the boys went, they were received with wide open arms, and while their their style was sort of a mixture of the old traditional and the 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 younger conception of Dixieland, it was popular. It was commercial. It got them bookings. And after all. Money's money, you know. You might love to play jazz and play Dixieland, but when you can add to that all these bookings at the nation's top night spots, bookings that were just starting in at that time, why, people began to think, uh, I don't know, we like this group. We like them, and they paid to hear them. From that volume three, again, here's another, another uh, tune which, which they recorded. It was an old, old tune that goes way, way back and is usually... Uh, associated with with the North of Civil War days, a tune called When Johnny Comes Marching Home. But wouldn't you know it, when the Dukes of Dixieland out of New Orleans recorded it, they called it When Johnny Reb Comes Marching Home. Dukes of Dixieland playing When Johnny Reb Comes Marching Home. Well, just as all great New Orleans jazz men have done in years past and still do today, spirituals are included in the, in the popular repertoire of the Dukes of Dixieland, and here they are with their version of Just a Closer Walk With Thee. Volume 4 of the Dukes of Dixieland came out, and this one had the title On Bourbon Street with the Dukes of Dixieland. you got to hear it to believe it. And boy, they did, too, because they, they took all the old New Orleans favorites, Sensation Rag, St. James Infirmary, Dipper Mouth, Memphis Blues, Riverboat, Weary Blues, Eccentric, and they really did right by these tunes, as they so richly deserved. One of these, from this album, Royal Garden Blues by the Dukes.